And welcome back to the Fantasy Oddscast, and I have the utmost pleasure with being with my co-host, Jake Perry, and you can follow him on Twitter, JakePerry34, and myself, the host of this podcast, the Fantasy Oddscast, AJ Desai4. How's it going, Jake, man? Still recovering from that uh, New Year's hangover, as yeah. I think half of the world still is, and uh, all the craziness that's been going on, but I'm doing all right. How about yourself, man? Yeah. Just like you said, man, just uh, just recovering from the, the hangover the whole new year. Um, just uh, just uh, staying home, stay, staying comfy. That's good to hear, man. Yeah, awesome, man. So, I mean, yo, so we're on to Wild Card Weekend, guys, and this is just absolutely, like, I'm excited by the playoffs. I mean, obviously the Bears are in there and um, facing the Saints. But, like, we're going to talk about all the other matchups first, and then we're going to talk about our favorite bets, and then our favorite matchups, and then lastly, we'll talk about the bets that we like and who are our locks and underdogs. So, Jake, I'll start off with you. Um, what are you expecting for this weekend of the wildcard games? Uh, I'm expecting some really good games. Um, there's not a game that I don't want to watch, which is sick. Um, normally, there's a couple games where I'm just like, eh, I'd be fine if I didn't watch that. But, you know especially since I'm going to have a pretty good amount of free time this weekend, you know, going to check out all the games. You know, if we just look at the games in order, you know, look at the Saturday games first, right off the bat, I, we think we start with what I think is probably going to be the best game of the weekend with the Colts and the Bills. You know, a, a Colts team that's been a little bit up and down, very good defensively, um, struggled at times offensively and reverse that where they've struggled at times defensively and been really good offensively versus arguably the best pure offense in the playoffs right now in the Buffalo Bills. You know, Josh Allen proving himself to be, you know, getting past all those accuracy struggles that people have have, uh, commented on in the past. Um, You know, looking like a true MVP candidate in every sense. Um, You know, they haven't lost a game since their their close loss to the Cardinals. Um, You know, they've been damn good. Or uh, the Titans, sorry, uh, had the season flipped around. Um, but you know they've they've looked damn good, and they're uh, you know that's going to be a huge game to start off with. Well, that that whole Bills and Titans that 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 was a whole COVID scare thing, right? So I mean, like you know the Bills, I think I think personally, like they're the best team in the NFL right now. Um, like we, we talked about this on the last podcast about the Chiefs being the best team in the NFL, but like you know we can really we can very well see an AFC championship between the with between the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. So I mean, man, yeah, I agree with you, man. I think the best game going into this weekend is the Colts and Bills. I mean, you see that you look at that offense that the Bills run; they're they're putting up I don't know over thirty points a game, and it's just really really fun to watch what Josh Allen does. Um, just throws those deep bombs to Stefan Diggs, and some, some, somehow Stefan Diggs comes up with them. So, I mean, it's really cool to see. Um, really excited for the Bills. I mean, if they can end that Scott Norwood court, that, that Scott Norwood, Norwood curse, and that would be pretty, pretty cool for that um, for that team in Buffalo there. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, the uh, but based on the betting-wise of this game, I mean, we can talk about the betting, too, per per game and um, who, who would we take in that game um the spread is set at six and a half do you like the buffalo bills at six and a half here so um realistically speaking by a touchdown yeah um i i definitely do um if we look at the bills this season they have played a lot of pretty close games and they've also had a lot of blowouts um that being said i think their offense is while the um the colts have had a good defense this year they've struggled against you know Higher, you know, higher speed offenses like you're going to see out of 
Um, the Bills, you know, the, the Bills have speed at, at every position, essentially. You know, both of their running backs have solid burst, um, solid speed, um, depending on, you know, you never know which running back's going to be the workhorse for them on any given week. But when, you know, you have a guy like Josh Allen, who in himself is hard to stop, hard to bring down a fast guy in every right. Um, you got guys like Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, who have very good speed as well. You know, I think we're going to see this Colts defense struggle a little bit, especially if Buffalo comes up hot. Buffalo's the kind of team that they can, you know, they can be up three touchdowns by halftime and not even think about it and then come out and keep scoring as we saw, you know, in that game where Josh Allen and Diggs put up a combined like 80 fantasy points. You know, this is a team that doesn't slow down. They don't take the pressure off. And I think the Colts could struggle with that, especially if they struggle early to establish the run game. You know, we've seen it recently where they've, they've trusted Taylor a lot more, but they've also struggled at times to get that run game going and to really get in their offense into a rhythm. And the Bills team is too good of an offense to let that happen. If the Colts offense doesn't come out swinging I don't I could see them losing by legitimately like two or three touchdowns and, and like just say just to add on what you just said there like Philip Rivers he needs to be in sync with this um with this game here because Josh Allen he's probably like I don't even know like not probably he is playing out of his mind right now like he's one of the best red zone quarterbacks in the league so if the Bills have a chance of like marching down in the red zone he will shred you apart like like the Bills will come like cash like um they'll cash in the red zone like if they're like the 21 yard line they'll throw a throw a strike to it's a strike to Dawson Knox or Stephon Diggs or Lee Smith even you know I mean that offense is just so creative but like you know if the Colts have any chance of winning this game they have to keep up and I don't think if Phil, uh, Philip Rivers can keep up I think they focus more on the ground game like I don't know how the Bills defense is statistically but you know if they can try to get the ground game going which opens up which opens up the pass game for the uh for the uh, Colts, I mean, that could be a chance for the Colts to keep up. But, like, you know, we just saw the Buffalo Bills put up over 50 points against the Miami Dolphins. You know, a very good defense there in Miami. So, I mean, you know, I like, I'm not knocking on the Indianapolis Colts defense. I, I think they're a good defense, too. But, like, like you said, man, if the, if the Colts can't keep up with them offensively, I think they can lose by a couple of touchdowns. I think I might take the spread here, personally. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree there, and and this is a Buffalo team that we've seen beat good defenses. You know, they they beat Pittsburgh, who has a very good defense. They beat San Francisco, who even though they've been injured a bit this year, has a really good defense. Um, we've seen them play well against teams with good defenses. Um, Miami included, you know, in that group, they beat Miami twice. We saw what they did in the last game. Um, you know, this is a team that isn't scared of playing a, a defense that is quote unquote intimidating. So like, you know, like we're both saying here, you know, I'm definitely going to take the spread on this one. Um, I just, I don't see, I have a hard time seeing Buffalo lose this game. Like a lot of the games this weekend, I think could go either way, which is why I'm so excited about them. But I'm really like, I'm really leaning heavy on the bills here. Yeah, man, I have that future. I think I got it like after week seven. I think it was priced at seventeen hundred Bills to win the Super Bowl. I have that future, and then I have the Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I'm just out here to make my money. I don't care about like fandom or anything about that. I mean, I'm sorry for all the folks that are listening, but like, yo, I'm trying to make my money. Like, yeah, I I got like twenty bucks on the Bills future of winning the Super Bowl. I think that's a very good possibility here if they can get past those Chiefs, you know. And we already said. The Chiefs are a different animal in the NF in the NFL playoffs, but like you know, like we said, we like the Bills in that game by six and a half points. Let's move on to our next game, Jake. Um, I think that would be the Rams and the Seahawks, and that is going to be in Seattle at Lumen Field. Um, that one's at three forty, and the spread on this game is um, three. 
And um, what, what do you think about this game in general? And then we can go talk about the betting. This is the game that I'm like the most unsure about just because this is a Rams team that at times has looked like one of the best teams in the NFL and at times looked like a very a, a very middling offense-defense combination. Um, you know, they've been kind of all over the place. Um, I think most people are picking Seattle to win and I believe that's what I chose as well. Um, I believe I have Seattle. Um, when I did the spread picks on Tally site, um, we had them, at, the spread was at minus four and I took the, I took the Seahawks there as well. Um, the reason I'm leaning more towards the Seahawks is this is going to be the third time that this offense has seen this Rams defense. And each time, as we've seen in the two games that they played in the first game versus the Rams, they won in the second game versus the Rams, they lost. Um, this is a team, but they've adapted and they've gotten a little bit better each time. And there's been things that I've liked and seen each time. Whereas this is a Rams team that has a lot of questions. Um, is Cam Akers fully healthy? Being that he has a high ankle sprain, I don't think he is. Um, you know, Cooper Cup's coming off the COVID list. How is that going to affect him? Whereas this is a, a Seahawks team that offensively is probably as healthy as they've been. You know, having their top three running backs with, you know, Carson Hyde. Penny did show up with a little bit of a knee thing today. Um, and if it's the knee that he, you know, had surgery on, that's something to be concerned about. But, you know, having that offense, having the three-headed beast that they could potentially have at running back, having their receivers and Metcalf and Lockett, if we get a good Russell Wilson in this game, like I don't, I have a hard time seeing the Rams ring really being able to stop it and just keep up offensively. That being said, the um, the Rams do have a lot of offensive things to really like. If Akers is healthy, if Akers is feeling 100%, he's one of the better run, young running backs in the NFL right now. Two, they're two top, uh, between Cooper Cup and Bobby Trees, they were two of the top four receivers in yards after the catch this year. So there's a lot to like on both sides of things. I think it's ultimately going to come down to, can the Seahawks defense keep Jared Goff looking like a bottom 15 QB as opposed to a top five QB? And can Metcalf or Lockett break through against John Johnson and, you know, all pro Jalen Ramsey. Like if they can break through and get a couple big offensive chunk plays, I I'm leaning more towards the Seahawks here. Yeah. There's a lot of uncertainty in this game. I mean, I really think that like, you know, I, I had the Rams um, plus four actually, and I could tell you my reasoning for that. I think the, I think the more, more of the pressure of this Rams team is going to come on the defensive side of the football. I mean, their offense, like like you mentioned, like Jared Goff, he has that thumb injury. Um, Cooper Cup is coming off the COVID list. I mean, we don't even know how that's going to go. Cam Akers, I think, hurt um, hurt his um, hamstring uh, last week or something like that. But um, like, yeah, that offense is certainly up in the air for the Los Angeles Rams. But like, you look at the Los Angeles Rams defense. If they could try to like limit this um, Seahawks team out the gate and try to get that game like they had similarly in Week 16, I believe it was when the Seahawks beat them. Um, 20 to 9 that game was relatively close like uh up to the i think eight or nine minute mark of the fourth quarter and then the seahawks pulled away i think maybe the rams could try to keep it in within reach like i think maybe a 23 20 game maybe within a field goal like but like it, it could go either way it could be like that or it could be an offensive explosion on the seahawks side um which would um, benefit the spread on the seahawks betters um but minus three right now but you know, like you mentioned, Jake, if there's big plays down the field um, or anything like that, if they can bend that secondary, if the Seahawks can bend the Rams secondary, then I think um, I think the, the the chances that the Seahawks might cover the spread and move on to the conference. Wait, no, divisional playoffs. So, 
it'll be really interesting to see what happens to this game. Divisional showdown. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's that's it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a fun one to watch, and it's one of the ones where I'm more like just I am really up in the air. Like I really could see this game go either way. I'm leaning Seahawks personally just because I think they have more I don't want to say more weapons. They have more experience um, in the playoffs. They're a, I think they're a team that's better built for the playoffs than the Rams is. So it'll be interesting to see. And I think a lot of it, like you said, too, is going to come down to that golf injury. You know, it looks like he's going to play. I think that's, you know, kind of where things are leaning right now. Um, but even then, you know, it, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a combination of him and Wolford, like if we see both of them in the game at different times, you know, just to get some – rest or if you know if golf takes a big hit or anything like that you know they could be in real trouble if they have to run with their you know with without golf out there you know golf hasn't he's been very up and down this year in terms of his production but you know he's still clearly a, he's a very good quarterback he got that contract for a reason he can win this team games so i think you know a lot of it's ultimately going to come down to that definitely i mean like you know i mean i, I don't really think qb wins is a stat i really think those are team wins so i mean you know, I think, like, when it comes to, like, a quarterback being paid like that, I mean, like, that franchise is hoping that he can make plays. And Jared Goff, he can make those plays. You know, he makes some mistakes. Everyone mis makes mistakes, right? I mean, they are human. So, I mean, can't expect these guys to make 100% um, correctness in their lives. I mean, except for Patrick, Patrick Mahomes and all those guys. But, like, you know, even he makes, makes mistakes, like we saw in the Atlanta Falcons game. So, I mean, um, you know, like, moving on to our next game, you know, this third game of um, tomorrow's uh, great uh, lineup. I think we got. I think we can say that of uh, the NFC and AFC wild card playoff matchups. Here we got two uh, NFC games and we got one AFC game. So the second NFC game that we'll talk about, which is the last of the three, the Buccaneers in Washington. Um, this game, I'm actually looking forward to personally. Uh, I really think that Washington's defense can get on Tom Brady's back a little bit, but. Like, I think they shake it off, and the Buccaneers do cover the spread, 7.5. What do you think? I, I don't see Washington winning this game. I think the Bucs can definitely cover the spread here, too. Um, I could definitely see the argument for it. You know, Washington's defense has been very good this year. Um, there's no question about that. They've been one of the better run defenses and pass defenses in football, really. Um, you know, they've done a really good job at keeping their opponents, you know, out of the, you know, out of the end zone, keeping the games low scoring, but this is a Buccaneers defense or offense that's really hitting its stride. You know, we've seen we're seeing Tom Brady look right now the best he has in a couple of years, in my opinion. You know, he's hitting the deep balls. He has, you know, even if Mike Evans is out, he still gets to throw to Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Scotty Miller. Like he, the the wide receiver talent and the pass catching talent on that offense is elite. Ronald Jones is proving a lot of people wrong and proving himself to be a very good running back too. And I think that he, you know, if Jones gets the opportunities against this Washington defense, I think he can gut him a little bit and make, you know, make some things happen. And just offensively for Washington, if they're, if their defense falters at all, their offense hasn't shown enough to me to really like consider them to have a chance to win this game. Like Alex Smith, while he's, they've won games with him at quarterback, he's, He's got six touchdowns and eight interceptions. He hasn't done a good job of keeping the ball in his team's hands. Antonio Gibson's really been the one who's kind of carried that offense. Um, their, their pass catchers have been solid. You know, Logan Thomas has come around as of late. Um, we still had a really good year out of Terry McLaurin, but that's kind of it. You know, once you you, you look at the, the actual receivers for, um, for Washington – J.D. McKissick, their backup running back, has the second most receptions on the entire team. It goes McLaurin, McKissick, 
Tom Thomas, and then the pass catchers drop off a cliff after that. You then have your other running back, Antonio Gibson. You have Cam Sims. You have Steven Sims, Isaiah Wright. Like you have guys that just aren't great pass catchers on this team. And if this offense doesn't like this offense isn't going to win them games. They're they're one hundred percent relying on their defense to keep them in this game. And as good as the Buccaneers' de- offense has looked recently, I just have a hard time seeing that happening, even without Mike, Mike Evans. If Mike Evans is healthy and able to play, I could see it being a legitimate blowout. Yeah, I mean, like we we were just talking about this. Like I think it was like um, last week's episode, like the the implodement of offenses. Um, it was just in a different way we were talking about it, but like you know, offenses implode. You know, um, the Buccaneers, they can do it. You know, they did it last week. I mean, against the Falcons, granted the Falcons, they drew close. You know, they, I think at one point in the game, they took the lead, I think. And correct me there. But, um, but then the Buccaneers, they came back and all right, we're going to get two touchdowns to cover the spread here. Like, ah, like it's really tough for me. Like you're right, Jake. It's really tough for me to see Alex Smith, Terry McLaurin, J.D. McKissick and Antonio Gibson carrying this offense. Like, an offense takes more than that. I mean, you know, I mean, like, I guess Logan Thomas, you can throw him in there as a fifth um, fifth uh, player. Um, but, I mean, that's just not enough. I mean, you're going up against uh, Brady, Fournette, Ronald Jones. Um, uh, Mike Evans may not play, but, like, um, who cares? But you got you – got, uh, you got Chris Godwin in this place. You got Scotty Miller, and you got Antonio Brown. You got Rob Gronkowski. So I mean, like already they're already outmatched. So I mean, yeah. If I had to bet this game, I'm taking, like I said earlier, I'm taking the the Bucks seven and a half. I mean, I, I really think without a doubt they cover the spread here. I mean, like yeah, Chase Young may have a couple of uh, maybe a, a sack or two on Tom Brady, but like you know, I mean for him, he said he wants Tom. Yeah. I mean, for for him, that's great. You know, I mean, like as a rookie, being in the playoffs and going up against Tom Brady. I mean, if he wants Tom, by all means, you know, you're you're gonna get him. So I mean, you know, let's just see what happens. You know, I'm I'm excited. You know, I like how I, I like when players do that. They show their excitement, and you know, it's time to show it on the field. Yeah, man, it's it's gonna be a it'll be a good game to watch. But I'm just this is the one game where like I truly won't be surprised if it turns into a blowout. Like this could be a bench Tom Brady at halftime situation if things don't go right for Washington. No, yeah, I agree. If 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 Tom Brady has the same game that he did a couple of weeks ago when he had over 300 yards and three touchdowns, that one game I think it was a few weeks ago. I mean, I think they're gonna they're gonna trot out their backup QB. I forgot his name, but um, Blaine Gabbert. Know, Oh, okay, there we go. So, um, yeah, they're going to try to blame Gabbard out there and then, yeah, wrap up that game. But, like, we'll see. You know, I think, like, if if, if um, Alex Smith can't, like, keep up with that Bucks potent offense, then I think, you know, by halftime or early in the third quarter, we could see a little, uh, see a little bit of a, of, of a backup QB uh, action there in that game for one team. Definitely. Oh man, I'm I'm excited, and then we get to we get to the Sunday games, and they get even more exciting. Yeah, man, I'm excited, dude. Like you know, obviously you got the uh, the Tennessee Titans and the um, the Baltimore Ravens. Some coming up on that first first game of the slate. There, um, what is that? What is that spread? I think it's two, three. That spread is three now. I I, I have it at three. Okay. 
So um, I think we all can admit that I've been very biased towards Tennessee this year. I like a lot of things that they're doing on offense. I like a lot of what's going on um, in that team. Like it's just they're they're a team that, you know, if everything's working for them, then they're hard to beat. You know, if their offense is clicking, their defense plays average, then they're a hard team to beat. That being said, I've got Baltimore winning this game. I've got Baltimore covering the spread. Um this again same kind of thing we're talking about with the Buccaneers team this is a Baltimore offense that's looked a lot better as of late you know Lamar's definitely turned a corner um this season he's been running the ball a lot better over the past few weeks um you know it's the Titans have a lot of good they have a lot of talent you know I think Tannehill's a top 10 quarterback in football right now they have a top five running back in you know in Derrick Henry um some people might give me some slack for that calling him top five as opposed to like top two or three but he's a top five you know you have wide receivers like A.J. Brown you know Corey Davis you got tight end like John U. Smith you know this is a team that's got a lot of talent but this is a team that's been shaky at times you know if the weather's not in their in their favor we saw how they played against Green Bay in the snow they couldn't do anything really you know Tannehill had to turn into Lamar to really compete um it's just this is a Baltimore team that's clicking right now you know if you if this was three weeks ago when you were asking me the same question about who's going to win I'd probably pick Tennessee um I could and I could still see Tennessee pulling this game out this is another one that I think could be really close um but you know I'm having a hard time seeing this team slow down with the way that they looked recently yeah Man, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about this game. I picked Baltimore. I got the spread of last week when it opened at one and a half. Uh, I like that value a lot, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's good value there. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's two points, man. And and to say that Lamar, to say that if it cut, if it does come down to like a field goal to win the game, why why can't Baltimore do it, right? You know, I mean, you know. Tennessee's defense has been in question this season in some of the games. I mean, you you you, uh, you point out that uh, Packers game, but it was in the snow. But like you know, you, there's a couple of things that you can leave out there. But then you mentioned that Tannehill couldn't do anything. AJ Brown got open a couple of times, right? Corey Davis was just locked, you know. And on the defensive side of the football, Aaron Rodgers was just tossing potatoes, and his wide wide receivers would catch him. So I mean. Like, to be honest, like, if you had the opportunity to bet the adjustable spread here, bet them, like, seven. Bet them minus seven. Like, I could see the, I, like, if, if the Tennessee Titans can't, like, you know, execute on one drive on offense, then the Baltimore Ravens will. They have that offense. I think they're more a, a much more improved than last year. Um, like, I, I really think that Lamar is getting the ball to Marquise Brown later in this season. Like, I think he's got three touchdowns in the last three games. Um, Des Bryant, if he can get if he can get more involved, I mean, that would be really cool. Um, uh, Mark Andrews, I mean, like, you know, I, like, I'm, not, I'm not knocking on Tennessee. They got all these weapons. But I just think that when it comes to the defense, I think Baltimore will stop them when it, when it, when it matters most. I agree. If you like, if you look at the like the points per game that they've scored this year, they're near each other offensively. They're only about a point or so apart. Um, let me pull this up here. So we've got Tennessee, who is at thirty point seven points per game this year offensively, and Baltimore is at twenty nine point three. So they're about a point and a half different. But then you look at defensively, like what their defense is allowing on a per game basis, and it drastically changes to where the Ravens have the second least points per game in football behind only the Rams defense, and then you've got. 
Tennessee, who's ranked ninth worst, averaging 27 and a, you know 27 and a half points per game given up. You know, if if these offenses are of the same caliber, one defense is very clearly a much worse defense. Like you know, their defense has been you know gotten a little bit healthy recently, um, which is you know definitely could help them um, with certain guys coming back. Um, but this is a team where like like you're saying if. If Tennessee's offense doesn't click once or twice on a couple drives and the Titans put up, you know, two or three touchdowns or even like, you know, a couple of, you know, a touchdown, a field goal, if it within the first like three or four drives, if I could see, you know, Tennessee could be down 10 to 13 to 21 points. Like it's, you know, if, if they don't click right away, which is this Ravens defense has done clearly a good job all year of shutting teams down, like, you know, shutting down offenses. It could it could be it could get ugly. It could definitely get ugly. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the stats right here too. I mean, like if 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 you're looking at it here, um, the Ravens have only allowed 22 touchdowns through the air and through the ground. Like that's 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 insane. You know, that's like less than less than um, almost less than two touch less than two yeah. touchdowns. So I mean, like that that defense is insane. Deshaun Elliott's playing like at a high level after Earl Thomas left that team. You know that's insane because, like, like they're not they haven't skipped a beat on the defensive side of the ball. Have you noticed the void of um, Earl Thomas in that defense? No, it's it's like you said, like they don't they don't I don't I don't think they really have like many superstars defensively anymore. No. But the but everybody that they've got filling the different roles is like is filling the roles that they're in very well. You know you they went out they you know they got in Gawkway. You know, he's, he's showing out, he's doing pretty good. Um, you've got guys, you know, there's, there's just a lot of talent on this defense. It's a very deep defense too, where their backups, you know, their backups are able to kind of cover up some, you know, some deficiencies that do they have some holes? Sure. Pierre Desir hasn't been, you know, he's been one of the worst cornerbacks in football this year. Um, you've got guys like Marlon Humphrey, who's been the exact opposite. He's one of the top 10 or 15 cornerbacks in football this year. So where they have some holes, they're able to fill those in. And if their health is, if they stay healthy and if the guys stay, you know, without getting hurt and they can stay healthy throughout this game, this is a, like, it's a hard defense to beat clearly. Like they've done well all year. And this is a Tennessee team that if they don't get out to a lead early, they're going to struggle to come back against this defense. Yeah, I really think that Tennessee's allowing um, 36 touchdowns this this entire season. I mean, like if if uh, if Baltimore gets into a rhythm, t- Baltimore's going to win this game by more than 14 points. Like probably not more than 14 points. I want to respect my Tennessee Tennessee fans out there. Like maybe like one to 13 if you want to take the winning margin on FanDuel. Really, there's value there uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean. You know, I don't think they're gonna win. I don't think it's gonna be like a more than a, more than fourteen points. It could it's, it could probably just be in that um, one to thirteen range. But like, you know, I love the spread here for Baltimore. I would take it as high as seven, like I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, they, they're 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 a team that they are more than enough capable of beating this Tennessee team that is like really lopsided on defense, and they could uh, they could score on them pretty quickly. And if Tennessee does not match their offensive firepower, then it's going to be pretty ugly for Tennessee uh, moving forward in that game. Yeah, man, it'll be interesting to see. You know, this is obviously they play the games for a reason. Uh, we don't we don't settle this stuff on paper, but you know, it'll be uh, it'll be a fun one to watch. The over under is super high too. I took the under. You know, fifty five points is a lot to score in any football game. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, man. I mean, I got the under. Um, I got it at fifty five. It was. Um, 
you know, it's perfect. I mean, I got it in the same game parlay uh, with the, an A.J. Brown touchdown and um, the Baltimore adjustable spread at 7. I mean, so that's a good parlay right there, guys. I got the under in that game. I got the Baltimore Ravens adjustable spread minus 7, and I got an A.J. Brown anytime touchdown. It pays out plus 939, so go get that. I mean, that's actually a pretty nice parlay. I like that a lot. I put that in, I think, on Tuesday, and I... Haven't looked back yet, so I mean, like, you can't look back on your bets once you put them in. So I mean, it is what it is. You lose, you lose. You win, you win. So, um, but yeah, um, moving on, we have a matchup that, like, a lot of fans on the lakefront that have been waiting for. Um, the matchup that happened, I think, in week eight of this year, and there was a fight in that matchup called the Javon Wims and Chauncey Gardner Johnson battle, where Javon Wims waited a full eleven minutes. To get back real time, real time minutes to get back at him. So, what are you expecting to see between this Bears and Saints game, where the Saints are favored? Uh, this is the highest spread of the weekend, minus ten. What are you expecting from the? Yeah, um, as a Bears fan, I want to be optimistic. I really want to, but I just have a hard time. Um, I have a hard time seeing a lot of ways this game goes our way. Um, you know, our best offensive weapon recently outside of Allen Robinson has been David Montgomery. But this is a this is a team. This is a, a, a Saints defense that has kind of gotten through all year being one of the best run defenses in football. Um, they've only given up 300 yard, 400 yard games this year uh, to running backs. Um, pass catching wise, they had one game over 50 yard, you know, at 50 yards. You know, they've done a really good job of shutting down you know, the running backs this year. And that's kind of been our strength in the past few weeks. Um, plus, this is going to be one of the hardest defenses that Mitch has had to face all year. Mitch's production has been great against teams that are in the bottom 10 uh, defensively by uh, DVOA. But it's been horrible against a top 10 defense like the Saints team is going to be. You know, uh, yes, they are missing Trey Hendrickson, um, which is obviously a huge hit. You know, he's their sack leader um, on that defense. But I don't have the confidence in Mitch to win this game. I hope he proves me wrong. Obviously, as a fan, I would love to see us come out and win this game. But, you know, it looks like Kamara's, you know, Kamara should be back. Other than, you know, other than that, they're pretty healthy. Nick Easton's going to be out, but they've got so many, they've got a lot of depth on the offensive line. They can shuffle guys around and make things work. Um, but besides that, this is a pretty healthy Saints team, all things considered. You know, you're going to have Michael Thomas back. Um he he uh, he's designated to return, so he's probably going to end up playing. Marcus Williams, who was uh, you know he was listed on the injury report, he was a full participant. Kamara's probably going to play. Um, Josh Hill, you know he looks like he's going to play. You know this this is a team that's healthy. This is a team that, for the most part, has very few weaknesses. You could argue their biggest weakness weakness offensively is Drew Brees' throwing arm. And even then, this is a team that's shown time and time again that they can win games with screen passes to Kamara and slant routes to Michael Thomas with the occasional deep bomb to Emmanuel Sanders. Like, that's really all they need to win. And this is a Bears team that, on the flip side of that team thing, isn't healthy. You know, you're looking at a Bears team where Roquan might miss the game. You know, he came out of the, the game last week. He didn't come back in. You know, clearly, uh, you know, something's going on with that elbow. I don't know if they've officially kind of even said what it was. You're going to be missing your nickel quarter and screen. He's going to be out for the game. There's a good chance that Mooney doesn't play. He hasn't practiced all week. Jalen Johnson's listed as questionable. We know he's missed a few games. You know, our defense, which has kind of been our strength all year, is is looking weak. Like, they're... 
we're running out of guys to play positions. Like they're just, we're constantly staying hurt at some key spots here. And if Darnell Mooney doesn't play either, which it looks like he might not offensively, you know, we're looking at a top three wide receivers of, you know, a Rob, who's obviously, you know, one of the better wide receivers in football, but then the drop off between him and Anthony Miller is huge. Miller, there was a stat that came out that like the, the um, based off of drops, he was like the fourth worst in football um, at costing his team with drops this year. Um, you've got, and then the drop off from Mooney to a guy like Javon Wims or a guy like Riley Ridley is huge. So you're, this is a team that like just isn't in a position to win this game. That being said, we've seen this offense pop off before. We've seen this offense do crazy things. If Monty breaks an 80 yard run to start the game off, that entirely changes the script here. But I'm just having a really hard time seeing this Bears team win this game. That being said, I do have the Bears plus 10. I do like that spread for the Bears. I don't see them losing the game that badly. I just have a hard time seeing this, this Bears team really, truly take control of this game. If they do win, it's going to be a super close game. Wow, I love it. Like, absolutely. I agree with everything that you said there. I have no faith in Mr. Biscay as a Bears fan. I mean, we're from Chicago, guys. We we love the Bears, but we don't talk about them as much as we used to on here. We just talk about fantasy football bets and other sports and all that good fun stuff. But anyways, this Bears team didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Okay? We got backed into it. So, I mean, if, let's just say, Kyler Murray didn't injure his foot, you know, and... Christian Kirk was able to play, you know, we weren't going to make the playoffs. Like, come on, like, let's, let's be real here. Like if, 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 if they have those two healthy 100% on the Cardinals, we're not making the playoffs. They beat the Rams. So, I mean, I guess it's great. We're in the playoffs. I mean, I'm going to have the positive vibes and stuff, but I mean, we did lose really badly in week 17, 35 to 16. That was just garbage. So, like you know we can't lose like that again um especially not against the Saints team we got to play them a lot more tougher than we did in week 17 against the Packers granted the Packers are a really good team but then again the Bears are 4 and 19 against them which is embarrassing moving on to this game Sean Payton has made Chicago a laughing stock for the last 3 games um mocking Tariq uh, mocking Tariq Cohen to be short right and then a fight happened between Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Javon Wims, which ended up Javon Wims clapping and send, being sent back to the locker room and being suspended. Um, but, like, yeah, this this Bears team, like, they need to put all of that, their, their history and stuff together and just go play some football, you know? And Mitch, like, I, I mentioned this before I was talking about my trust. I got no trust in that, dude. Like... I don't even know why he's still our quarterback. I mean, he's he, he's our quarterback because it, it, it is a um a, a four-year deal. But, like, I hope he doesn't come back next year. But that, that's for a different topic for a different day. I don't think we're ever going to talk about it on this podcast. But, man. Anyways, the Bears, I have them plus 10. I mean, they, they got to play a really good game to cover that spread, I think. Um, if they don't, I think they're going to lose that spread. I mean, um... If they play poor, I, I really think the Saints are just going to blow them out, like 41 to like 25, similarly to like that Packers game in Lambeau. Like if they if, if, if they don't like come out like like what all these Bears fans are like insinu- insinuating how they will come out, 
then we will lose this game by 20 plus points. Like Drew Brees, like he, he like yeah, he like he has a rib cage problem, right? Like I don't know if he has broken ribs and stuff, but he's going to have Alvin Kamara and all you got to do is hand the ball off to him and you've seen our defense shake. It's like pillow. It's pillow soft. So I mean, we don't have Eddie Goldman in the front, so I mean, our run defense and obviously Alvin Kamara loves to stretch loves those stretch run plays to go outside on the left and outside to the right. You know, without Goldman, we don't have the ability to close those gaps off. So that's going to be an easy six to seven yards. So, I mean, I think it's going to be hard for the Bears to stop the run in general. So um, so it's going to be up to the, um, up to the uh, secondary to slow Breeze down and expect the front seven to slow Kamara down. That's the only way we win this game if we, if this defense comes out and plays like they were earlier in the season. Yeah, man, it's, you know, as a Bears fan, I'm excited to be in the playoffs, but I'm just keeping, like, I'm trying to keep my my level, uh, like, my, my head level here. Like, it's just, the matchup's not good for us, and it's something where we're going to have to overcome that, and we're going to have to play out of our minds, which it's the playoffs. You know, anything could happen. I'd love to see a Bears win here, but, you know, we'll see what we see. Yeah, man. I mean, as a Bears fan, I set my realistics, uh, realisms. Um, no, sorry, not realisms or realistics. Sorry, expectations. I set my expectations in a realistic way. So, I mean, I know what this Bears team is, and not that's not not that I'm saying it in a negative way. It's just you know they're not making the right ear quote unquote moves. But then again, you know, like it's just not going well because of Mitch Trubisky let's just be real like if we had a better QB than Mitch Trubisky and a better offensive line I think this offense would be flying with our defense but I mean that's for a conversation for another day so I mean moving on to our um, next game and that's the last game of the wild card weekend we have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns this game is what the a matchup of week 17 I think it was yep it's a repeat so all right so does Baker Mayfield have what it takes to beat um, beat a Ben Roethlisberger? Then, what do you think? Um, again, this is another situation where like just the the pieces aren't in the Browns' favor. Um, you know, they're missing multiple coaches with with due to you know positive COVID tests. They're going to miss players due to COVID tests. You know, they have guys who just got ticketed and arrested for you know drag racing. You know, they, this is a team that the pieces aren't there right now. Like Baker Mayfield's been, you know, he's been much improved this year as opposed to last year. He's done a great job of keeping the ball on his side of the field, you know, limiting the turnovers. Nick Chubb, obviously, he's a top, again, a top five running back in football, one of the best pure runners in the game. Um, but, you know, Jack Conklin, he's out. He mispracticed today with an illness. There's a good chance that we don't see him play. Um, it does look like uh, Miles Garrett's going to be active at least. Um, but, Again, man, like this is just another one where like the pieces aren't in their favor. This is a, a Browns team that barely beat the, the Steelers backups in week 17 to even get into the playoffs. Like there's just a lot of question marks here and a lot of things that need to be considered. You know, you're missing Ronnie Harrison. You're missing Javante Moffitt. You're missing multiple coaches. You're missing, you know, Olivier Vernon was placed on the injured reserve. Like, you know, there's just a lot of things that, you know, uh, Betonio's on the uh, the COVID list, I think, as well. I don't know if he's been activated or if he'll even be active, be able to be activated in time. Um, Kevin Johnson, like you're missing a lot of keep, you know, a lot of guys here. You had a lot of guys who are questionable. Like it's just 
again, it's another one where the pieces just don't seem to be fitting right here. Um, you have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who it looks like he's cleared concussion protocol, um, but they still have him listed as questionable here. Um, you know, it's and it's just going to be hard. The Steelers team is a super talented team. Um, some super, you know, some really good wide receivers. You know, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is not the quarterback he used to be, but he's still probably like a league average quarterback at worst. Um, and you know, Ebron, yeah, he's had problems with drops this year, but he's still you know a super dynamic pass catcher when he you know when he's on his game um, as a tight end. You've got you know a really good defense, one of the deeper de- again deeper better defenses of football. You know, multiple All Pros on that defense, and Mika Fitzpatrick and T.J. Watt. Um, like you just have a lot of talent here, and it's going to be hard to you know not having your head coach is already hard enough, but having a, your special teams coordinator who's only called plays in an NFL game once before, you know, he was an acting head coach for one game in 2016 uh, when Mike Zimmer had to have eye surgery. Wait, wait, like, wait, wait. That's the case right now? The, the Cleveland Browns have their special teams coach calling plays right now? Yeah, their special what? teams coordinator. Yeah. Wow. Continue. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. So Kevin Stefanski's out. I believe um, they have multiple coaches um, with COVID or that tested positive for COVID. Um, so like they they're down, you know, multiple coaches. Um, so let's see here. Let me pull it up. Uh, Stefanski, uh, their offensive coordinator, um, will their offensive coordinator will be calling the offensive plays. It looks like, um, but the acting head coach is their special teams coordinator, Mike Pryfer. Um So you know, this is a team that's kind of leadership and today i think was their first practice today was the first time that their facility was able to be open for practice so you know this is a team that's going to get one practice and maybe a walkthrough tomorrow in before playing a steelers team that's pretty healthy all things considered um they do have a couple a couple of injuries that come to mind on defense but you know it's it's just again like the pieces just aren't in their favor yeah, I mean, like, you know, with COVID and all that, with the facility shutting down and not having their head coach and, you know, their special teams coordinator being the interim head coach until Stefanski gets back, if they make the make the divisional round, which is kind of up in the air now, because, like, you know, you got the Baltimore, no, not sorry, not the Baltimore Ravens, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, a team that wasn't, like, there in week 17 with, with their, with their backups, you know, like you mentioned. So, and the, the Steelers, I think were within two points. I think they failed the two point conversion. It was 22 to 24. Um, and if they got that, then it would have been tied. And I think Baker Mayfield would be, would have been scared of his blind losing to a backup team. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Baker Mayfield personally. I, I love him. Um, I love his com- fierce competitiveness and all that stuff, but like, you know, sorry, Baker, but this team, this, this, this Pittsburgh Steelers team is going to come out guns blazing, you know? Um, and I think who's home? Is it the, are the Steelers at home in Heinz Field? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's going to be in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, like no fans and stuff, that's fine, but like, you know, players love to be at home and, you know, I love, I love the, I love, eh, I mean, like, maybe the spread here, I think it's at six and a half. Let me double check here. Um, it's at yeah, six. Yeah, I got it at six. Yeah, so, I mean, I I could probably see the Pittsburgh Steelers winning, winning here by a touchdown or, or probably, like, some some sort of an odd score, like um, 31 to, like, 26, maybe, which uh, somehow he's covered the spread um, for the Browns betters. But, you know, I mean, like, 
it it could be like a it could be like a uh, a bad day for the Browns offense because they haven't practiced much and um and not preparing for NFL games does shoot the team in the foot um preemptively. So yeah, I mean give give me the Steelers minus 6 here, but I also like in live time, if the Browns are like plus six and a half, I would take that because you know you want to kind of hedge yourself. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers could cover the spread. I I do, however, think that the Browns could um could creep close and lose a close one to the Steelers. Yeah, for sure. It's you know it'll be a, again it'll be an interesting game to watch. You know, COVID's caused a lot of issues with this NFL season. We've seen plenty of teams affected by it, but. You know, getting hit by it right at the playoffs is tough, man. So, you know, it sucks for the Browns, but, you know, you don't get a second chance here. You got to you gotta rock it as it is, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. Uh, Browns got to go do their thing. I mean, yeah, you, you made the playoffs. Now let's go go win some games. Like, um, go, go earn your respect. There we go. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the playoffs that are earning their respect. I mean, uh, except for the Chicago Bears. I mean, they were just in there because they got in there. The Washington football team as well, but you know, moving on to our um, bets that we have for Saturday and Sunday, we got some player props for y'all. Please take them if you can. Um, like m- on my side of the things for Saturday, I do have three three great bets. I have Chris Godwin over seventy and a half yards. If Mike Evans does not go, I clearly see Chris Godwin getting over a hundred yards and a couple of, uh, and a touchdown maybe. Um, if if Mike Evans can't go, if he can go, I would stay off of this move. But if Mike Evans does not go, um, Chris Godwin over 70. I also like um, J.K. Dobbins over 63 and a half rushing yards. Um, his his season is slowly getting better, and I think in the playoffs and this Tennessee defense that we were talking about, um, it's pretty bad. So I mean, they could um, they could run up against them, and I think if uh, J.K. Dobbins gets it gets outside, um, he could get probably 20 or 25 of those yards for you uh, for you on that prop bet and the last but not least for the buffalo game i have zach moss over 37 and a half rushing yards i really think that zach moss is being used as their um their primary uh um their uh, primarily their first stream running back for first and second downs and then they bring in um devin singletary for the third down um, back back place, uh, but also be aware that Zach Moss does catch passes in the backfield. So if he's at like 35 yards in the fourth quarter with five seconds of what like five minutes and 40 seconds left, don't be pissed if um if Josh Allen throws it to him and he gets 20 yards that way and the game goes away that way. That's exactly what happened two weeks ago. But then Zach Moss broke up the middle for 25 yards on a run, and that's what iced the game. So and just after that, conveniently, Jake they kneeled the football. That yeah. was amazing, dude. That I met that parlay. I hit that parlay right. Yeah, before. that was that was that was lucky for you. Yeah, lucky, huge lucky. But what are your solemn Saturday bets, and then we'll get into our Sunday bets, and then we'll talk about our locks and dogs, and we'll close that out from there. Yeah, so my Saturday, uh, I got Stephon Diggs over seven and a half receptions. Um, this is a, a prop that he would have hit, um, you know, five of the last, or, yeah, five or four of the last five weeks. Um, you know, he's, he's clearly the number one target there in that offense. Um, seven and a half is a lot of receptions to cover. So I could definitely see if you wanted to fade my bet here and take the other side of it, but he's averaging over 10, he's averaging over nine receptions a game since week 10. 
you know, this isn't, he's clearly the, the, he's a, he's a true wide receiver one in every sense of the word. And he, he's Josh Allen loves targeting him. He's averaged double digit targets, you know, for pretty much the entire season here. Um, he's, he's super good. And yeah, he's got a little bit of an oblique injury, but this is a Colts defense that's been beatable against the pass. Um, they're, you know, uh, you know, if you look at like Colts first wide receivers on the year, um, Wide receivers have had pretty damn good games, um, all things considered. You know, they're, they've they given up 371 fantasy points, and, and this is not even including PPR. This is just yards and touchdowns on the season. You know, if you're giving up almost, you know, 30 points a game to wide receivers, you know, that's going to come from somewhere. And with with no Cole Beasley, it's looking like, um, you know, it's going to be the, you know, you're going to have Gabe Davis, um, which his prop two is really, really promising. It, he's uh, over three and a half receptions. Um, with no Cole Beasley, I could definitely see that hitting as well. Um, it's just, you know, it's something that I really like. Um, when we look at the the next game, uh, a prop that I really like in that game is DK Metcalf with his longest reception over 22 and a half yards. Um, this is something that he was hitting every single week, you know, to start the season out. Yes, we've seen them, their offense falter a little bit in the past few weeks. Um, he hasn't had a, one longer than 21 yards since uh, in since the Philly game. Um, but that being said, like I said, this is the third time they're seeing this Rams defense. I don't think this Ram de- Rams defense is going to continue to confuse or cause problems the way that they have. Um, in past weeks here, especially with the running game being a lot better um, for the um, for the Seahawks, you know, at least looking like it's going to be a lot better. Um, so that's something that I'm leaning towards. And then Logan Thomas over four and a half receptions. Um, Alex Smith has proved that he loves throwing to his tight ends. Um, it's something that he's proved for years. He's, he's kind of always been a tight end, you know, targeter, um, you know, since week 13, um, really when we saw, you know, Alex Smith, like really taking over the offense, you've had nine receptions, six receptions, 13 receptions and seven receptions with only this, that super weird Philly game being the last one, the only one in the last five weeks where Thomas hadn't hit four and a half. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a prop that, you know, it's in that range where you could, you could definitely go for it or you could fade it, but I'm leaning towards it. I think it's definitely something that's possible. And we've seen some super breakout games here out of Thomas. So I'm going to keep rolling with him here. Yo, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll take that Stefan Diggs over seven and a half or something. I think he gets eight right on the money. I mean, I, I don't think Josh Allen's going to stop targeting him if that game gets close, you know. Um, and, like, I mean, we've seen Indianapolis can play um, can play offensive shootout games. So, I mean, if if Indy can like keep up with that Bills offense, then I really think that's that reception bet will hit. Um, Logan Thomas, I think that will hit. I mean, because Alex Smith loves his um, uh, tight ends. And the other one, what was the other one again? I, I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, the I've got the Logan Thomas and the or are you talking about the other one that I mentioned in the Bills game? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Gabe Davis. Um, their third, oh, okay. their wide receiver three. Um, but if he's, if, um, if there's no Cole Beasley, he's going to probably be the wide receiver two in the game. Um, but it's, it's three and a half. Um, I, again, it's something where he hasn't got, he's, he's started to become a bigger part of the offense in the coming weeks. Um, he's somebody that I've seen a lot of people targeting in a lot of, a lot of dynasty leagues just because of the potential that he does have. Um, but it's just a really good, you know, it's a really good opportunity for him to shine with no Cole Beasley. Um, so it's something where if you wanted to fade the digs bet, you could lean on that Gabriel, that Gabe Davis bet a little bit. Yeah, it was pretty cool because I saw. Um, no, it's pretty cool because I seen him play. Um, I think it was UCF. He was a quarterback there. Like, you correct me if I'm wrong there. And he came to the NFL, became a wide receiver. I think I don't know if that's the same person, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's the same person. But um, yeah, but like for my Sunday bets, I have um, AJ Brown over 69 and a half yards. Um, if if it like I said um, for the 
for the Chris Godwin game, like that was if my um if Mike Evans was hurt, but like if AJ Brown does come into a matchup that like he's gonna require a lot of targets, he I think he's gonna hit that seventy yard mark. Um, I haven't seen AJ Brown like in a couple of games, except for a couple of games this season where he had less than seventy yards. But other than that, he's a superior athlete. I think he gets seventy yards. Uh, probably around 85, 86 yards in this game. Um, I take that bet. I like that 69.5 number. I take it up to like 74.5. And, um, and for the Bears game, I have a David Montgomery anytime touchdown. Um, you know, uh, without David Montgomery on that field, the Bears office looks nearly clueless. So um, David Montgomery anytime touchdown, I think he gets it. Um, he's been a, a complete workhorse these last couple of weeks. Um my third prop is, this is kind of a long shot, I like Baker Mayfield getting two touchdowns, um, two passing touchdowns that is, um, I think he gets one in real time, gets one in one real time, and, and gets the other one in garbage time, so I mean, if you're trying to cash that bet, um, it's one and a half um, right now in FanDuel, but it could go up to two, um, considering Baker Mayfield, I think he has um, up to 30 touchdowns this season, um, so it'll be really interesting to see that. Steelers and Browns game and how that turns out. But Jacob, is there anything else that you want to leave for our um, for our listeners out there? Yeah, man. Just uh, my, real quick, my Sunday props. Um, I got a Willie Sneed anytime touchdown. You know, it's just uh, one of those things where I'm just feeling it. You know, I'm just gonna rock it. It's plus four forty. If I throw, you know, you throw ten bucks on there, you win forty four. You cover, you know, every other bet that misses if they miss. Uh, I've also got David Montgomery over twenty seven and a half receiving yards. Um, this is a team where you know we've seen Mitch have a willingness to throw the ball short. Um, to to kind of do some dumps here and there. Um, Monty's been a bigger part of the passing game as of late. Um, it's just something that I could definitely see being a possibility. Um, he's hit this. He would have hit this prop in three of the or yeah three of the last five games. Um, so I'm leaning towards a little bit, but I do like the anytime touchdown with him as well. And then Nick Chubb over 16 and a half rush attempts. I wouldn't be surprised for this team to go rush heavy with Chubb. Um, he's their best player for a reason, and they're going to use him as such. So over 16 and a half rush attempts as well for uh, for Chubb is kind of my last prop to wrap things up. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. Like you know, Nick Nick Chubb. I mean, you know, why not feed him the ball? You know, of course, like if if he's like 14 carries and there's like a couple minutes left in the fourth fourth quarter, and you're trying to yell at your uh, yell at your screen that like oh my god give the ball to go uh, to nick chubb he can get you those yards and you can pass more down the field but like yeah those are those are sweating bets i love those bets you know just some suspense bets you know i love i love these great bets that we have here for this wild card weekend but like yeah man we enjoy having all of our listeners on on this podcast i mean we appreciate you all we hope you have a great weekend here enjoy some nfl games We'll talk to you next week. Your host, AJ. You can follow me on Twitter, AJDeciFourth. You can follow my co-host, Jake Perry, on Twitter, JakePerry34. And Jake, you can take it from here. Stay home, stay comfy, guys. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week.